Listen to the Power Post Game Report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report, where we talk all things power. We are currently covering Book Four, Force, Episode Two, King of the Goddamn Hill. But of course, first of all, I am one of your hosts, Triple D, and with me, as always, is Carlos D. What's up, world? How you doing, man? Can't complain, man. Another week in. It's Valentine's Day. Happy uh, Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there. Yeah. And uh, happy Monday to those of us uh, who ain't <laughs> got no one to love upon. Um, you know, we gonna, as Kendrick said in the uh, in the iconic song and the Super Bowl halftime show, we gonna be all right. <laughs> okay. True indeed. We back with another one. Um, I was. Just diving in, I was a lot. I was more. I was. I was much more pleased with this episode than the last one. I didn't hate the last episode, but it was. It was a little iffy. It was a little iffy. How are you feeling about this episode? I, I agree. I think this one. I feel like the first one was a lot of just kind of character development, and I, I, like I said, a lot of times when it's pilots, they, they, it's always a, a slow struggle, even if it's a character you already know, because. Even though you know that character, if they enter into a new world, they really got to kind of build on this world and introduce you to a lot of people you don't have connections to, you don't have any emotional investment in. So it can be kind of a tedious process to start. But once you start getting into the flow of it, I think this episode kind of built on some of the people we met the first time around. And I think it did a really good job of showing Tommy is more than just kind of what we know him from is, is um, from the original power, uh, especially his involvement with Diamond. I, I really yeah. enjoyed their uh, interactions and their their adventure. Yeah, <laughs> what a day! Like this all transpired in about twenty four hours. What a day! So, uh, we ready to get in? Let's get it, man. All right. So, episode picks up with Tommy uh, lamenting his life and choices and those affected by it. Looking at you know pictures of Keisha and uh, and. Cash. Cash, I had to remember his name for a second there. It's been a minute. We saw Cash more in this flashback than we ever saw in the <laughs> time he was on the original show. Hey, at least they gave him better age uh, consistency than Yaz. Uh, she about as tall as he is now. Uh, but while this is going on, we get some some early action. We get an early morning drive-by. Um, at first, I thought this was Glow's bar, but mm-hmm. we would find out that it's not. This is actually JP, his brother, because last week we had no idea what the boy's name was. Uh, JP uh, gives him a call and is like, yeah, the bar got shot up. Um, and he just, you know, kind of asked him for he, he, this was this was kind of like a little bit of like, oh, yeah, like we're kind of all we got at the moment, because up until this moment, Tommy didn't have anybody. And JP felt like. For whatever reason, uh, this white boy he just met that turned out to be his brother uh, was probably the first person he should call. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about that scene and kind of what we learn about in this ep- this particular scene that um, JP is gay, mm-hmm. which, you know, Tommy is, is cool with. And um, interesting, not interesting change of pace or anything, but like... Uh, a little interested to see how this goes. Um, he's obviously not going to be boy crazy like uh, like Drew. Right. Uh, but older man. But yeah. As an adult. Yeah. Well, what, how did you feel about that? And as well as Tommy's willingness to help, even though he's usually skeptical about these things, yeah. he was he was very untommyish. He was I mean, ready he to throw some money at him and help him out. Yeah. 
Um, so it was it was a weird because I was like I was thinking the same thing as like they, he barely met him the day before because Tommy's been in Chicago all of at the most twenty four to thirty six hours, and it's just weird that he would call this guy that he doesn't know doesn't know anything about other than a probably a fifteen minute conversation that they had, and then this odd connection that they are family. And I think Tommy even references it. Um, you know, I think he says I don't remember what he said exactly. But I think he said you know we're brothers, and he was like, "Are we really brothers?" or something along those lines. Yeah, it was something to like, um, you know, you know, you and me, we family. It's like let's slow it down yeah. just a bit. Yeah, so basically that. Like, but basically, pump your brakes. Like, we may be blood, but that don't make us family. You know, coming from the same woman don't make us nothing. Um, you know, especially since they weren't really raised together. So it, it was a kind of an interesting thing. Um, then as far as the gay thing, of course, you know. We are very progressive. We don't care about it. Um, I thought it was kind of just weird, though, that... And I'm not saying they just kind of put gay characters in every kind of movie or TV... Not movie, but TV show just for the sake of it. Um, but it just came out of nowhere. And, of course, we're happy that Tommy is not upset, not bothered by it at all. Because we want to see more representation in the story. And I, But I hope it's not just he's gay for the sake of saying we got a gay character and yeah. they don't really build on it. Or they don't yeah. really do something with that other than the fact that he's gay... And of course, Tommy wasn't bothered by it. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. Like, I totally understand that representation matters, but I also do fear that a lot of these shows are—they're making sure to throw an announcement in, so that—and and I think it's partially out of fear of social media and people being like, "Well, I don't see no gay characters." Um, nuance is dying, if not dead. So, like, I wonder if that was their kind of their their reasoning their motive behind it it's just like yeah we maybe they had already planned on the character being gay but in today's climate where a lot of times if you don't deliberately state something and enough people on the internet get mad enough um they'll feel like they have a right to take you down mm -hmm. um so it's like you, you i think that's why sometimes we get those i don't want to say like forced but like maybe like kind of I, I mean, well, I guess shit. I guess there's no other way to say it, but slightly forced, like, by the way, I'm gay, you know, scenarios. Um, but I think it was I think it was kind of executed a little better um, than, than we've seen in other instances where he was just pretty much like, yeah, my husband uh, left me um, like, yeah, my husband left me. But like, you know, the awkward pause, I think like I think I would have I think I would have liked it more if. Tommy would have just kind of skated over it and just like acknowledged it. But like, he didn't have to like do the pause thing and be like, do you have a problem with it? Like, I think, you know, I feel like the show is smart enough and people are, I hope are smart enough to like, you know, just kind of had let that go. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, from there, we get a quick, quick run to the, to the Flynn house where we learn, and this is probably going to be obviously going to be an ongoing thing that father Flynn is sick. He has some sort of condition. Mm-hmm that uh is slowing him down and uh we 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 also get the heads up that there's no playing around he he pretty much gives the the straight up that uh yeah you next you know you can do you know you can take this post over this is what this has all been this is what this has all been about you're next mm -hmm. however ireland the their their home their home country um is that right? Ireland's a country, right? Yeah. Nation. It's a country. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't want to. I didn't um, want to brain fart. It's part of the United Kingdom, but it's a. I think it's its own. It's not. A, I don't know if it's an independent country because it, it it falls under the United Kingdom. It, they they like the the Queen of England is also the Queen of like Ireland. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think technically it's its own place. You get an Irish okay. stamp when you go. You get an Irish stamp in your passport when you go to Ireland. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to make one of those mistakes where someone comes up with well, actually dumbass and it's like, oh well, you Whatever. got it. But um, fuck yeah, uh, there's a an unknown threat from back in Ireland that they're pretty adamant that while while Vic may take over, business will run as usual. Um, ain't gonna be no changes. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a regime change, but you're just a figurehead at most. Um, how did you feel about that? Um, and, you know, us getting a little bit of an insight into, like, Vic, you know, he's not, I mean, obviously he's a street dude, but, like, he's not cold-blooded, um, you know, when it comes to, his, you know, his father. And his father wasn't completely an ass. He was just, you know, being a kind of a, a headstrong old guy. What did you think about all that? I mean, I think it was a quick scene, but I think, uh, I feel like this is one of these tropes you always see in these types of things, where it's always like some sick old alien parent who is trying to give the, 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 the business to their, their son and it's their dying wish or their dying request to get him uh, in line to take over the business. And it's always like even some reluctant person or somebody that's not really interested in doing it or somebody that wants to kind of change the way it is, but they're like, no, you can't do it. Uh, so it kind of gave that kind of cheesiness a little bit to me. Um, but, you know, I think it's a common thing. I think we all, there is no person that's just all powerful across anything. And you always got to report back to somebody and they clearly get their support from whoever the Irish mafia is in Ireland. Um, and they let it known that yes, you do. You're the face of this American part of the thing, but they're always big bosses to answer to. And I think we saw that throughout the course of the original power as well, where Tommy goes with the Kings of New York or whatever it may be. Um, but they were always, you know, Responded to some cartel or Lobos or the Serbians or whatever it may be. So it's always somebody you got to report to regardless of your status, even when you're a criminal kingpin. Indeed, indeed. So there's a quick scene that happens in the barbershop that we're going to we're going to kind of skip over just a little bit. And we're going to come we're going to combine it with um, Tommy's meeting with Diamond. So we'll we'll get to that. We'll, we'll go ahead and com- combine those two. So while Tommy's out on a, and about on his errands, you know, looking for a place to stay, um, just, you know, laying out, getting the lay of the land, a mystery woman by the name of Liliana gets the drop on Tommy. Um, they tussle in the street, broad daylight, knives and, and guns and whatnot. And I'm glad that there was a, a police car to just kind of, you know, come by to kind of break up this this wild nonsense. Um, so... I'll ask I'll ask this question first. Um, when it initially happened, did you know who she was? I didn't know who she was until after the show when I Googled it. Okay. I, I we're on the, is from we're the, in the same show. boat. Yeah. Yeah, we're in the and same boat. I don't recall boat. her. I don't remember her. Apparently, she was from season one, and she was in a handful of episodes way back in season one. Um, so it's a, it's a good callback for those who are more, yeah. who pay attention better than I do. But all I was like, who is this lady and why is she attacking him? Yeah, I had to do the same thing um, when it was over. I went back because I already had the stars app up. I was like, you know what? So I um, I I looked up her name, the actress name, and I saw which episode she was in. She's in the first three episodes. She's the woman for those of you at home um, who, who don't know or don't quite remember in the flagship episode. Well, flagship show in the first season. She's the woman who works at Truth, who gets her face slashed. And they tell her, unfortunately, you know, sexism, um, they tell her that 
because her face is slashed, they they don't feel she can be a server anymore. And she gets kind of moved over to kind of being Julio's kind of runner. And, you know, she counts up. Uh, But if I remember correctly, there was, in fact, the episode that I watched, the last one she's credited in. I'm pretty sure she's in another one um, that she's uncredited in. Uh, Tommy says she looks like she's going to snitch. And Julio, rest in peace, Julio, says, um, I like you want me to go ahead and kill her now, which damn Julio, like I forgot how about it Julio was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like great job to whichever person in that writer's room said, you know what, let's go ahead and bring back this connection. Um, Another season one connection after six seasons of that show that like I thought was really interesting. Well, we'll get to their their back and forth later. But um, the before you actually knew who it was, what did you think about that scene? I just didn't understand it because I didn't know who she was. And they clearly knew each other because they were talking and, and talking about the shit history. But, and I knew she, uh, Tommy had never been to Chicago. Oh, he hadn't been to Chicago since he was a child. So I was just confused more than anything. I mean, it was a cool scene. It was some action. Um, you know, I liked that they were tussling a little bit. And the cop pulled up was kind of funny. Uh, but without the context or remembering her from the original, I just was like, I don't know what's going on. And I was just like, I hope they explain it at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was I was in the same boat. It was just like, what the hell is going on? And I, you know, it I think it was because, it, you know, it happened so fast. It, it kind of puts you in that space. Like, should I know who this person is? It's like you got to remember, like we've there's been like six seasons of one ep- of one show. And then you're thinking, like, well, she damn sure wasn't in in Ghost. Like, what is what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we find, you know, we, we, you know, her name is uh, Liliana, and Tommy Tommy remembers her from back in New York. But you know, we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, we get a quick scene uh, back at Glow's place. Um, uh, ladies, please comment. Do you finish taking a shower and just throw a robe on? Do y'all is that a thing? Y'all don't like towel off or anything because it caught me off guard i was like is it is it the type of robe is that a normal thing like do i, I need to invest in that thing from you know the pe- i usually the- towel off i don't know no nah, nah, yeah like me too like because I, I don't really normally you know how i do it is when i take a shower i just t- t- dry off and put clothes on but a lot of women because they have to normally and i'm not saying all women but women who normally have to like dry their hair do all that type of stuff they don't do they, they'll be walking around in a towel for a while um, just would like wrapped around him as they kind of like get themselves gathered to do all the stuff that comes after taking a shower. And this is from the few women I've had the pleasure of being around after they take their shower. Normally I sneak out the back door. It's all the <laughs> but the times I stayed around in the morning, I think it's a pretty common usually, thing. I'm usually dismissed before then. Um, <laughs> but we, we get her having a quick moment with uh, Vic. And uh, we, we learn that Vic is really in love with glow um and he really wants to be with her but there are rules in the irish mob and uh the the son that is next in line must marry an irish woman and have a son of their own and uh yeah glow ain't none of that yeah um and plus like yeah and plus like as much as she cares for dude i kind of just thinks that I, I thinks wow i kind of think she you know she knows that this dude is in in the life and she's doing 
the smart thing and trying to keep herself out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out is it that she doesn't feel the way the same way that he because she she clearly has you know some type of love for him. I don't know if she's in love with him the way he's in love with her because he seems to be really into her. Of course, he's not into her to the point where he'll defy his father or he'll just kind of say, "Look, Dad, whatever you got to say, I'm gonna be with her." Um, he does, you know, threaten a couple of times to run away, and she, of course, she kind of shuts it down. Was like, you know, they'll find us wherever we go. So she, she knows the realness of this. She knows the seriousness. This ain't a life you can just kind of quit and walk away from. Um, but I, but I'm also confused as to if she is kind of protecting herself because she knows it can never be, and that's why she is kind of backing back and off from the dude. Or does she just not feel the same way that he feels about her, which could be kind of a realistic thing as well. Um, because as we know, she she clearly is not exclusive to him, and she slept with Tommy in the first episode, and she continues to deal with Tommy in this episode as well. Um, but I don't know if that's because she knows there's no future with him, so she doesn't tie herself to a man that can't be can never be hers truly, or is it just she doesn't feel him the way he feels her? And maybe they'll explain it one day as the series progresses. What'd you think of it? Um. I, I think it's more so her knowing that like it's it's just genuinely you know not a good look you know what I mean uh, you know she's already been unfortunately you know widowed and that guy was serving his country so Vic being in the life that he's in is he's more likely even if she were to get like that attached he's more likely to be killed um in just being a part of the life mm-hmm. it's and also the the knowledge that you know once she gets in bed with him um more literally than figuratively um well excuse me more both actually both uh the chances of her being killed go up exponentially um so i think you know i'm with you it's a lot of it's kind of protecting herself in a safety sense and an emotional sense Mm -hmm. um but time will tell because there's some new developments that we'll get through later in so Tying together two scenes, um, we get the introduction of some hotheads, some little young, young Thundercats that Jannard has uh, brought into the into the organization. And while he's right that time and, you know, the pace of the world is has moved uh, is moved up in the 15 years that uh, Diamond's been locked up. Diamond's, you know, showing why he was in charge and still smart. Um, let's know, like, what's the point of keeping, you know, some shooters around, some some hyperactive shooters at that, reckless shooters, if they're going to kill money? You know what I mean? That's that's just not smart. That's just not good business. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I like that, even though that it should be in today's, you know, day and age like that, that should be 101. I like that Jannard at least kind of kind of took it in like, damn, you, you kind of right on that. So this gives way to this, combining this with uh, the initial meet. Tommy meets Diamond for the first time, uh, walks up into the barbershop and um, comes with a peace offering, willingly gives up his gun, gets searched, um, comes with a peace offering, offering, brings the drugs and the money that he took from the, the night or two before. And uh, we get our first, well, actually, in addition to the tension from before, where things get hot, 
Um, you know, Tommy's sizing up the room and is trying to make his way out. And uh, the door boy is trying to flex and gets pinched up. And this brings in the, the hotheads who immediately, immediately display no sense of, well, a sense of loyalty, but also no sense of hierarchy. Um, it it should have been obviously explained to them who's in charge of the organization. But, you know, hotheads with no tact and no sense of, you know, subtle, not even subtlety, like sense of, um, I don't know just knowing how to read the room they immediately show that their alliance is not necessarily with diamond at all but more so with Gennard. and this definitely flushes you know the the tension because yeah Gennard had every right to react respond the way he did in face of like oh so these little shooters only respond to your commands that's a problem what did you think of that scene I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not shocked by that because Diamond's been away for 15 years. These kids look like they can't be more than about, I mean, they, they might even be 18. So they don't know him. They don't know his time as, as the top. They do know that Jernard and Tommy and, and Diamond talk about later in the show. You know, Jernard's been the one on the street for the last 15 years. He's been the one who the people know, who's been holding the business down, who's doing these things. So it's not shocked that even if they do know who Diamond is, which they probably don't know anything but maybe some old stories that some older heads might have told them about that they are going to respect or, or, or turn to the brother because that's who they know. That's who even has them outside waiting. They don't know have any connection to Diamond. Um, so they maybe don't know enough not to put their loyalty into the person that they know over the person that may ultimately hold the control. Um, and then we also don't know what Diamond's full-time game plan is. He's been out of jail all of a day. Maybe two days at the most. If if yeah, he came out of town, he came out of jail the same day Tommy came to town, and it's been all the two days in in the scope of the show. Um, so they may not know who Diamond is, and they may not know to respect him in the way that he needs to be respected. And that's something that I think is going to come to a head throughout the course of the series. They already been button heads about how CBI should be run, um, and I think at some point those two are going to come into some type of major conflict um, because you can't have two kings, right? Um, and then as far as the rest of the scene, you know, Tommy always is in the face of danger, walks into the lines then <laughs> constantly and literally does not care. Um, you know, he, he was, he was going, yeah, going, you know, he, his mouth clearly wasn't stopped by anything that was going on. He was, he, he started the ruckus by starting to choke the dude. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I guess, you know, the other right hand man, the third guy. Um, and then even when the two shooters came in, he wasn't that nervous about them two being two young bucks. Out to kind of kind of punish him, um, so it, it was a wild scene. Um, it's I, I'm, I'm curious to see what what the brothers are going to go. Right now, they still seem solid, but I think that's definitely going to turn into some long long storyline as to how they can keep this relationship going. Is one of them going to have to step back? You know, how does that dynamic play out now that Diamond is home? But the streets know that, uh, and I forgot his name already. I know it's also the J. Jannard. Jannard used to be the man. And Tommy picks up on this. He definitely notices. Um, what he doesn't notice is that uh, on his little quick little walk through the park with uh, Diamond, so they immediately get snatched up. Right. <laughs> it's like, when it started to get a little goofy. <laughs> like, this, this was like, oh, wow. Like, oh, right, we're dealing with Tommy. And he's, he's a walking ball of chaos. He's a, he's a chaos magnet. 
Um, even when he's not supposed to be in shit, because technically he had nothing to do with this. Um, also, this was like in, you know, drinking all this in. I was like, why did you know, obviously this is going to be the, the show where there's going to be more action because of the, the life that Tommy lives as opposed to Tariq. Um, but I think by the end of this episode, and I might as well get this thought out now, I was just like, why do I feel different? And it's like, obviously it's going to be different because, you know, we're dealing with straight up adults, straight up, like full on 24 seven criminals. Uh, this is their, you know, this ain't their, their evening job. This ain't their side hustle. This is like, these are career criminals. Um, so it's like, it's going to feel different from that aspect. But I, I kind of had the epiphany at the end of the episode of, oh, this isn't, this is going to be different on the fact that like one of the things that made Power Book 2 so interesting and unique was that every episode, for the most part, there was a discussion of, there was a moral discussion. There were moral dilemmas in every episode, um, which kind of gave the episode a little more substance. Um, where this this show is so far, it, you know, it's going to have its drama and intrigue. It's going to have the fan service, which we haven't had, you know, we haven't been able to really cover that since the flagship show ended. So I think once I locked into that, I was like, OK, I need to, you know, shift my my expectations because we went to having those you know those those topics of conversation in their class and how that carried out to the rest of their show of now we're back to street moves and yes street moves are complex but it's a different level of complexity um so as i spoke um they get snatched up uh rojas the guy who's in the wheelchair um he he puts the call out uh clearly he didn't want to let him get too comfortable. He did say let him get comfortable and then we make the call. But I, I don't know how many, how many days have passed in their time, their, you know, in this this universe. But goodness, it seems like he, he'd only been out maybe three days. Like he could have gave him a week. Sheesh. Uh, but, yeah, they get snatched up by two two muscles, one male, one female. Uh, the male wearing um, a Attitude Era rock shirt. Uh, for those of you wrestling fans, when Rock used to come down in the in the Armani shirts with the button open in the Gucci in the in the slip on shoes, um, and they pretty much tell him you got you got to move these bricks, and you got three hours, or you're dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we also get again Tommy sticking his nose and stuff. Um, he could have, I mean, not I mean they probably wouldn't let him go. But uh, even Diamond, when they were getting ready to take care, you know, take him out of there, he was like, look, this is my wheel man, Um, which I was like, "Okay, we know Diamond can can improvise if need be, because I'm pretty sure the main I think is partially he was kind of this was sort of his thank you for saving his brother the first time. Um, And also, thank you for bringing bringing the work back. Um, But, yeah, that's that's the goal there. (laughs) This is now the errands for the day. And it's probably barely even 1130. Uh, what did you think of that scene? Uh, I mean, like, I understand the point of the show. That, you know, it's a TV show. You got to, like, kind of get yourself out of it. But this this, this whole Aaron thing just got really goofy to me. Because I didn't understand what was going on at first. Um, at first, it seemed like they were supposed to sell the drugs. Like, they had, eight, you know, they had to move eight keys. But then it turned out they were just delivery men. And maybe I wasn't paying attention fully in the scene. Cause I thought they had to try. They was like, "You got to sell these," but apparently they just, they already had lined up buyers. 
But because the police were so hot with, uh, I mean, the city was so hot with cops, they wanted these guys to kind of move it around the city so they wouldn't get in trouble. Um, so I was like, okay, I, I get it. I understand it. Uh, they started getting into it. But it just, it, the whole thing just came off as just, the task itself just came off as like really video game, like or goofy. Like you had this mission and you got X and up. Like you ever play Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. It, yeah. it kind of came like a Grand Theft Auto mission where you got to get through these three checkpoints in a certain amount of time. Uh, so that part of it, you know, you know, traveling place place was kind of goofy. Um, but inside of that, the bonding between Diamond and Tommy is what I really enjoyed about the entire course yeah. of the rest of the shenanigans that day. Uh, you know, I think that was a, a goofy way to get them into this position, um, but it paid off in what we got to experience between the two and the bond they kind of built um, that we may have. Tommy came to town thinking he only had, we can't tell with nobody. Then he met <laughs> Glow, and then he found out he had a brother. And I think he may have found his first friend um, yeah. at the end of this episode. So, goofy way to get to it, but I enjoyed the ride, if, if nothing else, if that makes sense. All right. But speaking of that, speaking of things he, he made, uh, he initially thinks he's only got one enemy. Nope, two. Now nah, I got three enemies, <laughs> which I thought well, that was a fun, a fun little quick exchange during this, this back and forth. Um, and I was I was thinking the same thing that this was kind of like the building of their their sort of relationship, um, their friendship. Uh, so we know. Let's see, who are his three enemies? We know Simon's one because he, he busted him up in the alley. Um, I think he was just considering the Flynn family as a whole. As probably. A yeah, probably. And then the girl, Liliana, who he just met that morning. Right. And then the third would be Rojas, his new enemy. Cause he, right. Hey, but they got in the face. At first, I was thinking maybe one of them was uh, whoever the junkie that he let get away because he killed one of them, mm-hmm. uh, but he let the other one get away. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you. Like they're they're kind of back and forth, um, and just you know, I thought it was weird that I don't know. Maybe well, no, I, it kind of made sense. I was like, why is he driving his car? But like he don't know that he don't know the neighborhood. Yeah, he don't know, he the, don't know the area. I thought the same thing um, first because I was like, "Why, you know, this is Tommy's car? Why is a uh, diamond driving?" But then I was like, "Oh, well, because Tommy ain't never been to Chicago before, right?" Uh, so we get the first drop, and this one was this was pretty cool on a couple of levels. Oh, before we get to that, we got to talk about how I picked up on. I like the fact that they're using real world Chicago climate, because um, if unless your head's been in the sand, Chicago been wild with the crime these past, you know, however many years. So like, I, I like that they, I, I hate that it's, that it's a real thing, but I like the fact that they made it for, for better, or for worse, like believable to what's happening out there. Now, um, the police are out there heavy mm-hmm. because it's been wild out there these past, however many years. Um, so like, I, I like that they kind of used a little bit of, you know, the real world scenario. Wherein, you know, you take the gamble of if it's too light, you get a bunch of people from Chicago and who know being like, yeah, that's it ain't been like that in forever. Um, so I thought that was a good touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get the first drop where he he has to go into this this chop shop and uh, he played it smooth, you know, uh, let it let it uh, left it outside for them to find and walk into the, you know, into the, the belly of the beast. Uh, but also put in his resume, which I thought that was a smooth move. Um, while this is going on, uh, Gennard gets snatched up because 
for whatever reason, I don't know why you had these little these little whippersnappers and they're not watching you back. Uh, but what did you think about the first drop? Yeah, I think it was kind of just kind of building for future adventures for Tommy down the line. Because um, that's with, with him just being so fresh in the city, I'm curious as to what his plan is. He doesn't have access to any type of distribution. We assume he want to be in the drug game because that's all he's ever known. Um, so we got to find ways to tie him into the drug game with new connects and new people to deal with. So I think that's, that's kind of what another side um, purpose of this mission was to find new. And I think uh, at the end, Dom even says, you clock in my city. And it, and it was just a way for Tommy to be connected to players in this game and who he might work for in the long time. And uh, the only one that was the most memorable one of them all was the original, uh, the first one, um, because he had some interactions with the auntie, uh, who looked like a young kind of auntie. Um, so, um, I don't know how she's somebody auntie that, you know, she didn't look like to be no auntie. Um, but I think that might be maybe his next step as we move forward when he starts connecting, uh, or building his own empire. Um, so it was cool. I, I liked it. Um, and, and smart move by Tommy, you know, he didn't yeah. know what he was going to. He put the drug in a place that was easily accessible, but if he got jammed up, he wouldn't have it on him if they brought this some fuck, you know, if, if Rojas was really just setting them up for some type of fall. So cool, man. Tommy's smart. He's he not as dumb as we believe him to be. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we get a quick conversation about them bonding over being the old heads. Mm-hmm. Um, having a very real conversation with just uh, not obviously the drug hustle, but just the hustle in general, where a lot of kids today think it's just like you you say I'm starting and then that you you, you get think everything. you're supposed to be on top of the instant. world. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be instant. And, you know, everybody's supposed to respect you immediately. No questions asked. You the man. That's that's just how it's supposed to be. And that's not what it is. It's it's a slow burn. It's a slow build. It takes time, and it takes patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also, they also talked about how they are addicts. You know, because I'm you know over the course of Tommy's life, I'm pretty sure he's been. We've seen him. He's had millions of dollars, but he never stops. He never wants to be out of this game, even though he could have retired like Ghost. Um, at one point, Ghost had built up an empire where they had three nightclubs. And Tommy didn't care nothing about the nightclubs because he was so addicted to the chase and the hustle and all that comes with that street life that he had no interest at all in in being legitimate, even though he could have been legitimate a long time ago and and just kind of lived a wealthy life. Um, So I I think that's a good point and a good callback because it's a true thing. Um, People think that all people can do is be addicted to drugs or alcohol, uh, but you can be addicted to a lot of things and chasing that high can lead you a lot of different paths. And they both talked about how they are in love or they chased that high from when they first started hustling and that little thrill of selling a $10 bag of weed and having that money and that power and, and, and how it can drive you to keep wanting that thing because it felt good. So this is a good opening bond. I mean, like I said, throughout the course of the day, Diamond and Tommy's interactions were the best parts of this episode. And I think this was a, a good starting point. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we get a quick little run back to the Flynn house where essentially Claudia is tired of her limited lane. There's, you know, and as we say in the corporate world, there's no room for, for advancement. Uh, but Papa Flynn is adamant. They're like, no, you will not be touching the street life. It don't mm-hmm. matter what you think. Stick to these books. And that's it. Um, which, you know, it's a tired trope we've seen time and time again. So now the only question really is, how does she break free? Mm-hmm. Um, 
does she make a play for her for her father's uh his fa- her father's uh kingdom or does she branch out on her own what do you think what do i think she's gonna do yeah i think she's gonna start well i mean some of it's cheating because we see it next week she starts working with tommy <laughs> um and the expansion of that new drug that she tried to bring to her father's attention he said uh, he wasn't interested. He didn't want to do nothing but the tried and true method. She tried to tell him that it's stale. And he, you know, his thing is, I've been doing this a long time. It's an old tried and true method. There's always some new designer drugs, but the, the, you know, the things that we've been doing, dealing with always work and they always will work. Um, so in the next episode, we see, if you watch the preview, she's working with Tommy. So I think that's her new plan. Um, and I think uh, she knows she can't get any further with her dad. He's not going to touch the street life. She still can't abandon her family totally. Um, but I think she'll start trying to do some side hustles on the side. And we'll see if that works out for her long term or, or ends up blowing up in her face. I'm, I'm leaning towards more blowing up in her face. Know how the show works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can't agree more. Like, I think she branches out, tries to do her own thing. And uh, we'll probably see Father... Um, possibly going to war with with her without knowing that it's her. Mm. Um, but you know, the you know theories. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, so we get the crack house drop. Oh uh, man, <laughs> I thought this was little. This was wild. Um, <laughs> he goes into into the crack house and Arnand or whatever the dude's name is already about gone. Uh, decides he's going to test it by taking it straight up, taking the bump right out the pack and immediately blacks out. I'm just like, damn, I, you, you never have to worry about me trying any of that stuff. Well, not heroin. No, man, that's that a heroin. Ain't going to happen. quick. Yeah. Um, at least he had the money in his pockets. It was a big thing. Right. It sucks that he had to go digging for it. But, um, while this is going on, we get the big moment of the episode where um, we're reminded of the, uh, you know, just the reality of police presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this, this is very heavy handed and it oh, kind of needed to I'm be. I'm glad you huh? said it. Cause that's, that was going to be my comment. Yeah. Um, it's super heavy handed. Yeah. It was, it was almost on a very special episode of mm-hmm. power, heavy handed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it was, if this was because it could go, it could easily go either way. It, it's like this could be just cops in general, or this could be easily directed as you know, cops in in Chicago are like this, like on the regular. Um, but we, you know, without having to relive it too much, um, unless you would like to, um, we get Tommy using his white privilege card, mm-hmm. pulling out his Braden card. And um, getting them out of that situation, um, but still very, very button pushing, very, very, with, uh, for lack of, I mean, triggering mm-hmm. uh, to watch, um, especially knowing that Diamond has recently just got out and is probably, I mean, they haven't mentioned the word parole or, or parole officer, which is usually kind of standard issue unless we just, they just like, we ain't going to have one, so... <laughs> But still, clearly fearful for going back, and also just the way police have been. What did you, what did you think about that? And also, uh, that cop has that cop has to show back up, and I need him to die. Just have to put that out there. 
Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna happen, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I understand it, and I and I appreciate the show. Uh, I'm gonna talk about two things. First, the, the white privilege part of it. I appreciate the show showing, and they did it in this and um, Ghost showing that white privilege is a thing that exists, and uh, showing that there's a white character that spends the majority of their time hanging around with black people, and they understand that their privilege. They they're not want white people to act like it doesn't exist, or they pretend like it's not a big thing. They understand it exists, and then they use it to their benefit. But they acknowledge that it exists, and they acknowledge that they use it to their benefit. So I appreciate them doing that. Um, but I think the scene itself was, while important, overly heavy-handed with it. Um, they just—it it was just—it was just over the top. I think it was, they, 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 they were a little too strong with it. Um, I think they can do a better job of showing the, um, the, the, the the interactions between black people and the police in a in a way that's not as like slamming it in my face. I would have liked it better if the cop was just kind of like being a dick in a more roundabout way, a more right. kind of nitpicky way, as opposed to just flat out gun. His gun is out because the guy wouldn't give him his ID. Uh, or, you know, maybe if they, even if Diamond was like less, um, but I guess the, the point was no matter how compliant you are with most things or how polite you are or whatever it is, you don't got to be yelling at the cop for a cop just to be abusing their authority um so i understand the points of the scene i appreciate them doing it and i appreciate the white privilege discussion that they have when they have a white character who's surrounded by people uh, of color uh but i i, I think the scene could have if they had pulled a little bit off of it i think it would have been a better scene because all don't the whole thing i'm thinking the whole time is just this is just heavy-handed it's just heavy-handed yeah. and it and it made it less um them trying to make it so strong made it less impactful for me personally yeah, the the cop was dancing in between two two different TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's, you know, he's Dick Cop in both, but like he one level of is uh, Dick Campus Security calling Tommy Bro and all this, and the other one is Spike Lee movie like foaming at the mouth white police officer. Right, and it, it made just it like, more like a cartoon, like very. I, I didn't want to use that word, but yeah, it was a little, you know. Which I mean, if that's the message they were trying to convey. And, you know, how quick they'll switch up when a white person comes around. Uh, mission accomplished. But um, if that wasn't what they were trying to convey, super heavy handed. Um, it was I mean, it was a necessary scene, but kind of heavy handed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a, a kind of kind of <laughs> for the most part, um, a clean handoff between the money and uh, and Gennard. Um and it, we're, you know, we're obviously not done with Rojas and his crew, um, who is who is clearly connected with the cartel because they said that's what kind of uh, pushed the timetable up was that the cartel wanted their money um, ASAP. So that's why they snatched up Gennard and was like, instead of three hours, you got an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they get that handoff. And like you said, they, they had that conversation where essentially Gennard was like, yeah, you you're not slick. Um you were definitely peeping the city and uh you know what's that about and tommy's still being you know being cool about it but also a little standoffish about like well if i was what what are we doing um but i like how it kind of ends it's like you know we kind of friends but also watch watch your back yeah Yeah, um he gave tommy another 25k for a day's work um and i I think mission accomplished on on tommy's end i think he Knows he can't be in this city and just have all enemies. Um, so I think he got, it took him longer than he probably wanted to take, but he got what he wanted that day when he went to that shop. Like he wanted to set that shop to kind of 
apologize for his actions. And much as Tommy can apologize for anything or, or does apology, but he went in there to kind of offer the peace to them. And I think through the course of that crazy Zany adventure, he got a a, a new friend. They, they, they definitely showed up. Now, I don't know how it's going to work with the little brother, but definitely with Diamond. I think they both have a, a lot of mutual respect for each other. And I think they're going to be good allies as the show plays out um, moving forward. Indeed, indeed. So we get a brother moment where Tommy comes by the grandmother's house and uh, JP found a VHS um, of young this Tommy. Was another part that was driving me insane. Like, I get it, the grandma's old, but come on, man. Don't know why grandma got that old ass TV still in her house with that. With and it their, still uh, works. And it still works. You know, my grandma, rest in peace. Uh, she, as time moved on, she moved on with it. She wasn't stuck in the 80s while everybody else was in 2019. She had a nice flat screen TV when she passed away. She had all the modern stuff that people have nowadays. Uh, so it was a little goofy that they had the grandma's house basically set in a time that was so long ago. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was cute though. You know, it was cute. Um, they don't say who's recording. Like who's recording um, a young Tommy and um, why can't I think of his mom's name right now? Kate. Kate. Um, I'm assuming this may be the dad. Um, and they don't really show where the, where the son is though. Where's um, JB? It's part of this video, but it was cute. And I think we finally learned how, to, another thing I'm always confused on, on the show is how old people are. Because uh, yeah. they don't really explain it, but I'm, I'm assuming the tape was from 85, uh, and the show was 2020, um, so we're going to say Tommy was four when they said he left Chicago, so we can say Tommy is born in like 1980 or in 1981. So we know Tommy's in his even late 30s or early 40s, so not a big deal, but it always drives me crazy when I can't really figure out are they the age that the, the actor is, or are they a little younger, a little bit older, so we know Tommy is about 40 years old, give or take. So that, small thing for me, but it really connected. I hear that. So speaking of connected, uh, we get a little more backstory into uh, into JP. Uh, we find out that he actually went to jail himself. Um, this is brought up by the fact that um, he has a son mm-hmm. that he hasn't seen. And I forgot how many years he said, but it's been a minute. He said 14 years. But when did, yeah. he, when did he say he went to jail? He, he was like when uh, he's I think he said when he got out of jail. I his, thought he said um, when I came out. Oh, I think damn, he was saying right. when he. Uh, you might be right. I, became, I think you're absolutely right. He was gay because clearly he, he had a woman, or he was, yeah. had involvement with a woman, and he I think he said his son was 16, and he said I always. And the thing that confused me a little bit, he's out. He was like I always was fighting for my son, but then he was like I haven't seen him in 14 years. Um, but, he, but I think he, and maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I need to rewatch the episode. But I thought he said when I came out. Not I think he, you're right. I didn't even. Jail. I didn't even place that. Like I didn't even place that. That prop. That actually makes more sense. Um, he said he hadn't seen him in 14 years. He should be 16 mm-hmm. coming up. Um, but that makes more sense. Um, because when I, you know, and I heard came out, I'm thinking of, you know, Gennard, not Gennard, Diamond just getting out of jail. Um, so I'm thinking he got out of jail, but no, that makes, that makes much more sense. Um, when he came out, his wife at the time, um, took him and, um, we find out he ain't far. Because he's one of the hotheads. He's the hotheads with the one of the hothead kids with the dreads, and turns out he's the one that shot his bar up. Okay, hold on, I missed um, that part. I saw that he was the one that I, I pieced the game. He was the one that shot up the bar, but he was also one of those two kids. Yep, because the me dude, pay attention at all. the one that was talking about, <clears throat> the one that was talking about, you know, 
we don't move until we get the nod. He was the redhead kid. No, not the redhead. He had a red jacket on, mm-hmm. and uh, he had the short haircut. Uh, the other, there were two dudes with dreads. The dude that was already in there, that um, he he drove later. Yeah. But um, his like it was another kid. He was a little small. He was a little hothead kid. Um, he was out. He was there too. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be interesting. Like I'm very curious. As like, does Tommy kill one of them? Mm-hmm. That was um, a nice twist, though, that we learned. Yeah, because he clearly knows that's his dad's establishment because he had a picture of. I'm assuming himself and his father when he was younger. Um, so yeah. Is he holding resentment to his dad? Why doesn't he just... Maybe he doesn't know the full story of his dad has always wanted him. And it's one of those right. situations where my dad just wasn't around, but my mom didn't really properly explain it to me. And now right. I got anger that I shouldn't really have. Dang. Yeah. And hopefully we find that out. Um, I got to rewatch time will that. Tell. I, I definitely missed... I, I mean, I got that he... Because he had the same gun from the yeah. opening scene, but I did not piece together that he was also one of the two kids... That was the young goons. Damn. Yep, yep. So that's where that scene kind of goes into our, our wrap-up montage. Um, Tommy's still Tommy. Short fuse, long memory. And uh, somehow immediately gets the drop on his captors from earlier. How he knows where they are, where they live. That's the one that they never explain. Like, how does Tommy know anything about these people? And this ain't even, like, them? this ain't his, his city. Yeah. You know, but he somehow manages to catch both of these guys slipping, locks them in the trunk. Real, see, this was some real. Like this, this kind of made me look at Tommy even. Like we know he not quick to kill somebody, but this was some real psycho shit, man. Because it's not yeah. just shooting a person. This is you're torturing these people, burning yeah. them alive. So I was like, I don't know. They making they making Tommy a little too psychotic for me. I don't, it's hard for me to root for him if he is just a total nut job. Yeah, this is. This and this is why, like, I like it, you know, it made exact, it made perfect sense when he goes to the barber shop and he kind of you know shows them, mm-hmm. and Jannard's like, oh shit, because that, even though they don't know exactly what he did, you know, bl- you know, lock him in the trunk and blowing it up, but like him showing like the little the little scarf or whatever, the little shirt and everything, mm-hmm. that's essentially a declaration of war. That's just gonna make things worse with Rojas. Um. Because, yeah, he snatched those two up, but, like, what about those other shooters? You know what I'm saying? What happens when those dudes, when those two don't check in? So it's like, yeah, Tommy, you got your, you know, you got your lick back, but you've probably made shit worse for these guys um, as well as yourself. Um, So, you know, there's that. Speaking of making things worse, Vic knows Vic knows that not only did Tommy not leave town, but he's pushing up on Glow. What did you think about those two scenes before we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a quick, uh, the, the shirt toss scene, I think is just kind of uh, trying to get him even closer to Diamond and that crew as allies. Um, how it's going to blow back, we, we, we got to wait and see. Uh, you know, Tommy doesn't always think things through properly uh, before he just kind of commits to something. And he may, it, it's crazy that he was willing to do that. And I get they kidnapped him and all that, but to to take two people when you don't know how big their organization is, what they, who they connect to as far as the cartel is, just one of those things that Tommy, uh, is why Ghost was always there for Tommy. And why you needed a Ghost when you have a Tommy, because, yep. you know, you got somebody that's going to think a little bit more than just immediate response. Um and then the other scene, 
I, I liked it. I liked it in general because it gave a little bit more about Glow's background, how she got connected with the Irish and all that type of stuff. Um, but another enemy that he doesn't know about. Um, where this is going to go long term, we don't know. Because uh, we know this boy, if nothing else, is infatuated is with Go. He really wants to be with her, even though he's not manifested to his dad. Um, so how is that going to blow back on Tommy? Tommy is making himself a lot of enemies in a short amount of time. And the list started at three, but it's going to keep growing and growing. Because uh, yep. his actions don't seem to be... Other than Diamond, the one person he seems to have done... To, Diamond and Glow, if you count Girl. But she ain't a part of the game, so it doesn't count. Um, so, I, 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 you know, he definitely making a lot of enemies. I'm going to see how many of these people he patches up with, um, how many people he goes to war with. Uh, so they're definitely setting up a lot of long-term possible storylines for Tommy and his new city. Indeed, indeed. So as far as uh, him being in the new city, he's got to have a place to stay. And uh, he gets himself a new loft. Um, What's the odds? That raggedy <laughs> builder and that dude had it set up. A nice-ass loft. And of course, there's a map of the city. Mm -hmm. He's got, of course, there's a perfectly laid out map of the city. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was perfectly set up for him because, you know, TV. Mm -hmm. um, but kicks creepy dude out. Um, he said, I got to pack my toothbrush. He's <laughs> like, buy a new one. <laughs> Uh, but before we get out, we got we got some unfinished business. He manages to track down uh, Liliana. Uh, How? We still don't know. <laughs> right. Because Tom, Tommy's super gangster. He's, he's super thug. I don't know. He's he, like the world's he, greatest detective. He's, he's right. Bulletproof, he's, apparently. The best killer. He's Batman without the mask Pretty and the, the justice. They explained it not at all, though. Like He tracked down a bunch of people on him one night. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, yeah, runs up on her, gets a drop on her. Uh, brutal fight scene. Yeah, like, I didn't think her... they was gonna. Yeah, she was getting hers in, but like I didn't think they. It's, I don't know. Like I th can't remember the last time. Well, I don't watch too much TV, but like, um, yeah, physical violence against women. They normally don't against like men women. Women, right? Like, by know, men, yeah. Equal opportunity. Equal opportunity assault her. Yeah, he was giving her everything she wanted, and. <laughs> I like the fact that, you know, even though she's a woman, a smaller woman, they did let her get some licks in. It wasn't just like yeah. he was in there beating the crap out of her and she just wasn't getting nothing in return. Uh, she was given as good as she got until, of course, he uh, was a little bit too much for her. So. But in, in the middle of that, we make a shocking discovery. Apparently, she has, I don't know, and that looked like um, it was a the spider. Aranya. The Aranya. Huh? The Aranya card uh, from the Jimenez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did she steal from the Jimenez and was on the run, or does she still have a connection to whatever's left of that cartel? Right. Because we know was Jimenez a part of was Lobos the head of Jimenez? I think so. And then so. Alicia was ahead of it, and then we know what happened to her. Right, so and it must the brother. Still exist. Right. Um, but yeah, I was questions that we need answers to. Because yeah, I saw that card. I remember that when that card started popping up, people started dying. Mm -hmm. Um, granted, Ghost was doing it, but you know he gets a card back. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was big, big ending, yeah. very big, big ending. So that's where the episode finishes off. Um, definitely a lot better of an episode than the than the first one. Uh, <clears throat> this was Tommy's Tuesday. <laughs> uh, how how do you feel? Lasting thoughts. What do you think? Where do you think we going from here? 
I mean, it was a fun episode. Um, you know, they gave away a little bit in the in the, pre, in the next time on Force, where it does look like him and Leon are going to some type of business agreement. Um, but he also seems to be branching out working with Claudia. Uh, so, uh, you know, it looks like the next step is Tommy just kind of getting his feet on the ground, expanding his business ties to Chicago, and then we'll see how many people he pisses off along the way. Uh, <laughs> over the course of that. So what do you think of it? Uh, pretty much the same. Um, I, I really did appreciate the the bonding between um, him and Diamond. Um, I did enjoy that. And just like us getting a little more insight into Diamond more so than anything. Um, and his his thought process and where he stands. Uh, but also kind of having, uh, I think I think Tommy's going to end up being his, his fallback. Um, when things like, because I, I think at some point his his brother's gonna try and force him out, um, no pun intended. Uh, so I think Tommy's gonna be his his go to of like, yo, we from the same old school. Um, can you help me out with this sort of thing? Um, but yeah, better episode. I don't want to rank. I don't want to rank these. Like as far as like we were given grades on the last, you know, in 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 a uh, book two, um, solid episode. Solid mm-hmm. episode. Uh, anything else before we get up out of here? No, nah, you know, some goofiness, but it was ultimately fun. Um, so I'm, I'm still rocking with him. Two two episodes have kept my interest. Uh, so I'm hoping the third will keep going. And we'll just play and we'll see what, take, what, what the story takes us. If nothing else, Tommy will be a lot of fun. So I'm happy Indeed. that it's going to ride. Yeah. Yeah. I think if nothing else, it will be probably like your end of the week escape TV viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, we ain't got to. You know, I, I'm gonna miss until it comes back. I'm gonna miss the 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 moral dilemmas of uh of book two, but I also like, you know, you need your 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 satisfier shows. It's just like we are gonna get some we gonna get some one liners. We gonna get someone getting shot and or punched in the face, and we might get some sex sprinkled in. They you know they doubled up on the sex in the last episode, so they had to you know make this one less sex. So you know we probably get one sex scene maybe next episode. Um. But yeah, uh, thank you guys for joining us. You know where to find us. Um, you can search Conversations with Carlos D or the PLP podcast. You can search Off the Clock podcast, O-F-F-T-H-A clock, pa- little clock podcast, wherever you find great podcasts. Uh, for myself, Triple D and my co-host. It's Carlos D. We'll see you guys next time.